What's going on guys? Welcome back to another episode of The Risk Podcast. This is episode 14 with Wakas Qadri. Wakas is an artist from the band Outlandish. If you don't know Outlandish, they were one of the largest hip-hop groups in the world at the time. What made them different was the fact that two of the three members were Muslim and a lot of the topics that they would speak about were very politically charged, very much influenced by their culture and their religion and what was happening in society at the time. Uh, And it really spoke to a generation of people including myself and it helped us to form our own Islamic identities especially post 9-11 when there was a lot of talk between hiding your Iman and hiding your religious and hiding your beliefs especially as Muslims Um, and what they did was really help people like myself to be proud of our Islamic identity and be proud of the political thoughts that we had and letting us know that we're not wrong and we're not evil either at the same time so I don't want to take up too much of your time on this intro the reason I wanted to do an intro like this was just to let people know that this episode is slightly different because we recorded it during the pandemic during the lockdown it is recorded over skype and what i've done is i've added clips from Wakas's life, music videos, stuff like that, to kind of paint the picture for people to really understand where he's come from and what he's talking about and and give context to what he's talking about as well. So make sure that you check it out. Go follow him on Instagram. It's at Wakas Outlandish. Make sure you you follow myself, Noris Noris, and subscribe to the channel. And I hope you guys enjoy this podcast. Make sure you leave a comment below letting me know. What's your favorite Outlandish song? If you haven't heard of Outlandish before and you're listening to them now for the first time, leave a comment on what favorite song is that you've heard and also check out Wakas's solo work he has an album called One Foot in the Sink uh, and he's released a new song as of I think three days ago now called Rock Bottom and Mountain Tops uh, which is actually a very very profound song about mental health and I think it's just uh, an amazing song for people to listen to um, and reflect upon so hope you guys enjoy this podcast and yeah let me know what you think in the comments like the video share and subscribe Are winning as you're saying you know and mm-hmm. and and just be in sync with what's going on because right now there's two options either you can just sit down and just grow fat in your head and your you know your physical appearance and and just watch netflix all day long. yeah or you can use this time to you know sort of prepare because yeah. no doubt this uh covid19 thing is is really taking a toll on everyone like financially everyone mm-hmm. all of us are like holding back you know money i'm not yeah, yeah. Or i'm not investing in stuff and we're losing money on concerts etc so you and we don't have like we're we're not like millionaires or anything mm-hmm. so we also have to think forward okay how do we best get through this situation you know um so so it's a good time to just try to rewire your whole system and, and try to figure mm-hmm. out well, what are we going to do about this you know I know, I know it's the easiest said than done. I mean, the first week of uh, the lockdown here, I was like, okay, what am I going to do? And then I was <laughs> like, you know, I, I always work from home. So I just got into the routine of doing what I do, get up early, have breakfast, take a shower. Most importantly, get dressed. You know, if I walk around like a bum all day, yeah, not yeah. showering everything, I'm going to feel like it. And my work ethic is going to be like that. So I make like a really... A, make this into an exercise like get up in the morning get dressed make my breakfast uh, as i would and get to work and and you know it's the uh, it's my wife and my kids they're like you know <laughs> what are we gonna do what are we gonna do yeah, you yeah, know, yeah because because they're so used to going out 
and I'm used to staying in and then yeah, yeah. so so I think what you try to get into a routine and you know get into that mindset of okay, how do we plan forward but if you get into the I've tried that too you know many times before in my career that if you're feeling not inspired it's okay you know mm. it's just your brain telling you you need to chill for, for right a okay. you just need to relax and it's okay because it, your brain or your mind maybe it's too overwhelmed with work uh, from a period of time you know so just take it easy it's it's okay to be bored it's also what i tell my kids it's okay to be bored because from boredom comes creativity also you know mm. and it gives your mind time to like my daughter the other day she was like I'm getting scared of my thoughts. I get into so many thoughts. I'm like, it's because you have so much time that thoughts are coming in and out of your brain. Embrace them. Just take them in. Take them in and don't don't be scared of it. Just like take it in and talk about it. And mm. and just I think it's 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 a very hard time. It's a time where a lot of people you can't even joke about it. A lot of people are really breaking their necks. You know, I know people who lose their businesses or mm. get fired from work and go into depression, etc. But also a time of blessing. I feel that, you know, you you're back to square one. What do you do? You get up in the morning. You think about okay, what are we going to cook today? Mm. You go out, you know, just looking <laughs> at the trees, at the birds, what's going on? Everything is so chilled out, and it's somehow it's bringing people closer. Like. People I live in this in this building with normally you wouldn't even you just say hi to them in the elevator, you know. Mm. That's maximum, you know. Normally you wouldn't even say hi to them. Now you're walking on different side of the roads, but you make an effort to like, hey, how you doing? You holding up good? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's like it's like we're coming closer together from a distance or something, you know. So yeah. it's doing some it's doing some good. You know, I was speaking to somebody about this yesterday, and uh, like I was saying, that it, it it could have gone one or two ways. It could have gone into like um, panic mode, and then you know rioting and people going crazy because you know they're scared. And I think it's actually uh, brought out the best in in most people. Um, yeah, so people, it's, it's quite people, interesting. People, people want to do good, bro. They want to do good, but we just wired in a way that we want to survive. It's like a human nature. So when our our head of state went out and said. We put in Denmark on a lockdown. For God's sake, don't go out and hoard. You know, just take it easy. There's, it's not a food crisis. Mm. Thirty minutes later, everyone is out hoarding. You know, mm. the regular thing: toilet paper, you know, sanitizers. <laughs> this day, for three weeks, I haven't been able to find sanitizers. Wow! Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, then I was like, "Hey, man, we need to work out at home." So uh, I was like, "Let me go out and buy some kettlebells." People are hoarding kettlebells, bro. <laughs> there were no kettlebells. I found I found one kettlebell, six kgs. That's it. Everything else is just sold out. It's crazy, man. All right, you know what? Let's just let's just get started. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Riz Podcast. This is episode fourteen. Alhamdulillah of the Riz Podcast. Uh, today is a little bit different to the usual setup, as uh, you can probably tell, as you can probably see. Uh, we are doing coronavirus edition uh, of the Riz podcast uh, via Skype. Um, I'm here um, speaking to uh, someone who has inspired me from a very, very young age. Um, I want to get into some detail about kind of how this person's music affected and uh, impacted me in my life and my journey um and uh yeah for me it's it's an honor to be kind of sat here and talking to wakas 
uh, Wagas is uh, an artist of the group Outlandish. And uh, I think just generally, um, even in the last 20 minutes as we were talking, the amount of value and wisdom uh, that like we've just poured out in 20 minutes. Uh, we recorded like 10 minutes of it, but like uh, uh, the rest of it, man, uh, yeah, it's just, just between uh, me and you. So Alhamdulillah for that. So what's going on, man? How are you doing? I'm doing good, Alhamdulillah. And, uh, you know, it's like this... Uh, this physical distancing, uh, you know, brings people closer together on the left. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, it's uh, something good comes with it, as we spoke about before. Um, you know, it, uh, not to, you know, make fun of the whole situation, but, you know, it's it's good to see that uh, people are really rebooting their whole system. The, the society is rebooting, you know, the nature is rebooting. And, you know, we as humans also are rebooting and finding what our core values are and our skill sets and then putting all that into work somewhere you know absolutely and and you know what i was uh, i was thinking about the video that you made yesterday for your instagram um bro that was like like the the quality of that video um that i was thinking like that's beyond like even what casey nice that type of do you know what i mean like that uh, that quality outside the house because I've been locked in for like three days, I haven't been out at all, so I thought it was time to get out on my uh, penny board. Uh, it was, was amazing and it just goes to show that like I'm sure that was a period of time where you were just bored, I think you were saying that you're bored, you just wanted to go out for a skate and then you've just yeah, created yeah, this whole yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. How long did that take you to do because that was, there were so many different shots and you'd put the camera on one side of the river yeah, and then you went to the yeah, other side. Yeah. One of my uh, fellow colleagues he said this really in a nice way. He said, you made this look so easy, like it was yeah. the easiest thing in the world to do. But he said, I know that it took you so long time. And yeah, of course it did, man. I make it look easy, but trust me, not easy. Peace out. Um, but I'm, I'm like, a, you know, I am some sort of a self-proclaimed geek when it mm. comes to a lot of things. But it just gives me a sense of purpose you know, to do these things. Yeah, it took a long time, you know, that shot where you saw that I had to focus and I had to go and then go back. I didn't focus, go back. Okay, how do I, you know, get it all to focus, etc. So, and I like to just experiment with, with promotion tools, you know, because as you said, you know, in Outlandish, we were, you know, part of a huge machine where everything was just handed to us. Uh, right, okay. but, but, but the more international we got, uh, the more we had an urge to show people what was going on. And it was difficult because budgets, you know, uh, in the early 2000s, budgets were huge, humongous, you know. So people were traveling with you, et cetera, no problem. But uh, the, the more we got digitalized and the record labels were taking a hit, uh, the more they were cutting budgets. So I just basically in 2009 picked up a camera and started right. documenting what we were doing. And just editing, learning along the way, et cetera, et cetera. So, Alhamdulillah, you know, throughout the last, I would say, decade, I've been getting and, you know, getting this skill set of learning how to use gadgets and putting it into use and being more creative in a way. And that's helped me now 
doing what I do. Uh, part part of that, like the video you saw. So I mean, mm -hmm. it's it's good. I'm mean, like, I, I don't do it for like, yo, this will get me work. But I know I'm not stupid. Mm -hmm. and when I put that video out, so many people hit me up. They were like, yo, how did you do that? Can you do that for me? Uh, record labels and companies, etc. So right. you there's so that's also like an advice I always give people: if you have a skill set, use it. You know, go full retard on it, because don't think about uh, that it will get you like financial gain the day after. Yeah. You know, but if you stick to your guns and what you're good at, some way down the line, someone is gonna appreciate that, and you will win. Not to go all Gary V on you, you know, but but uh, <laughs> but stick to your guns, you know, and sooner or later it will hit. Like for me, for example, I love like this whole lo-fi sample-based hip hop thing. Yes, and I'm and I'm bro, I know it's not, it's not like what's in the mainstream. I know it's not something that's going to be picked up by commercial radios. But mm -hmm. at the end of the day, I don't care because there's a market for everything. You know? Yeah, yeah. At the end of the day, do what makes you happy instead of you know trying to strive for something that's like out there but be inspired so i I'm, i watch a lot of like videographers and photographers on youtube mm -hmm. they have youtube channels and i learn from them and i see how they do their stuff and they're enjoying themselves that's the key thing they keep saying enjoy yourself like mm -hmm. what you do if you want to go out and spend half a day shooting a promo video that's like a vlog for your new single or asking people to help promote it and it's going to take you half a day not everyone has the stomach for that i do because i like it you know it's mm. like a challenge i like to put myself in that position to do that so i just grab the camera go out and think about it like while i'm on the way that looks nice you know so it's not mm -hmm. to do. you know people are like oh you must be giving it so much thought you know sometimes i do when i'm brushing my teeth i'll be like mm, what should i do today you know, uh, okay let's just pick up the camera go out see what happens but, you know and these are the times right now where you can really practice that so if you have like a skill set that you really want to you know you never had the time to pick up mm. a guitar or whatever now's the time it's, it's interesting i think uh, there's a lot of people who are coming to the realization of a few couple of things with this one is that they don't actually have any hobbies and interests other than their work um because they're, they're like completely bored out of their mind what do we do um you know obviously even you know people working from home uh, to be honest, I mean, I think a lot of people are probably working longer hours now because the laptop's just there and they're with their family the whole day. So we might as well just just work and keep this going. And um, uh, no, that's fair enough. But I think um, I think what you've you've just said there is quite interesting because a lot of the time you're um, you're listening to to your gut, you're listening to kind of your your feelings in terms of like where do I go, which which emotion, uh, sorry, which direction will I go into um uh based on on your interests and your passions and that's obviously something that you've been able to get yourself to that point where uh you can you can do that so um what i wanted to do is kind of uh, start all the way kind of at the beginning and and you know find out about you know how you kind of grew up and where you, you were you born in denmark etc cetera, etc cetera. so we want to get into that but just before we do um I, I wanted to do something slightly different than i've done on most podcasts and i wanted to just do a bit of um, a quick fire with you um, ask you some quick fire questions just so that we can even for me get to know you a little bit better and then obviously for everybody watching at home for them to understand a bit more about you know yourself so question number one you ready cool all right so question number one is who is your hero uh, i don't have any heroes i'm sorry i'm, I'm, I'm really down to earth like that <laughs> uh, i get i get inspired by people 
different fields of work, but I, I wouldn't say I have like one person that I'm like, wow, this is what I'm, this is what I would want to do. I get inspired by a lot of people, but I don't idolize any specific person besides Tupac. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> Tupac. <then. laughs> kidding. Uh, okay, cool. All right, no, that's that's really interesting, actually. Um, so, so who who are some of the people that uh, you're kind of inspired by at the moment? Some some people who are, who you feel are like really really pushing, um, you know, in whatever field that they're in. Who, who are those type of people right now? Uh, from a geeky point of view, tech point of view, there are like uh, two um, videographers, content creators who I follow on YouTube. One called Peter McKinning. Mm-hmm. And one called Matty something, I, I can't even, I, he's from Iceland, but he lives in Canada. Both of them live in Canada. And they're really cool because they're also documenting how to stay creative in these times. And okay. they're really, I've learned, oh, a lot okay. of, I learned a lot of stuff from them as well, how they create and, you know, skill sets, etc. cetera. Uh, artist-wise, I mean, um, I'm listening a lot to the, um, the artist called uh, Mac Miller who's not longer with us. He died of an overdose. Um, he's just an interesting personality, man, because he, you can just hear the pain in, in, in you know, in, in his music and the stuff he talks about in the music. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm listening a lot to that also because his music is also pretty lo-fi, lo-fi. Uh, and, you know, so listening a lot to him, listening a lot to, you, you see, the thing with me is uh, if I'm like, if I have a mindset, of creating a special type of music. I only listen to that type of artist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Full on listening to people like Mac Miller and uh, a guy called D Smoke uh, from Los Angeles. Uh, Kendrick, of course. Um, so people who are like in that field who make that type of music. So I won't be listening to trap music or Afrobeat music at the time because, you know, I just, I'm just going full retard on, on that mode. Uh, also John Mayer. <laughs> you know a lot of people can like what yeah but he he has some some nice stuff that that, that i listen to to like when i'm working so I, I when i work i don't want i don't listen to music that's like banging i just listen to like something that just soothes the brain etc etc and listen to podcasts as well danish podcasts um yeah so i mean not 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 so much more than that at the moment i'm sorry no 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 that's all good that's all good no no it's all good i think um uh, you know you're 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 kind of going for um a lot of the 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 true original create that's what it sounds like you know a lot of very original people so like kendrick for example he's an original he's not like a like a copy and most people listen to the copy you know what i mean um exactly exactly. and also yeah 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 and and also actually uh, a guy like if I, if I want to learn some new words, I listen to Russell Brand. He, he's pretty crazy, you know. Uh, he has these uh, Instagram stories where he just goes on about a topic, and he's got some words, man. That guy he could be a phenomenal rapper. <laughs> he's got Who, like Russell a, Brand. Oh, Russell Brand. He got a vocabulary that's like yeah, amazing that's when he just goes on. You know, it's, it's pretty pretty cool. Yeah, no, he's uh, he's a bit of a legend, and um, uh, from what I understand, he's actually genuinely like behind the scenes quite quite a nice guy as well. Which yeah, is yeah, uh, he's changed. He's changed, you know, from what he used to be to what he is now. He's like really in touch with himself, and and I love people who are really at ease with what they are. Like he'll put up his arm in the camera, you know, and your hair will be hanging out, and you'll be, you know, he doesn't care. He just he'll be spitting these like truths and these. 
you know, observations about life uh, that, that are really interesting. No, that's really cool. All right. So if uh, you could live anywhere in the world, where would that be? Oh, anywhere in the world. Um, I like Denmark, man. Uh, I'm sorry, Danish people, we are like that. I mean, we I've, I've been all around the world. I would switch, you know, the Danish weather out with uh, the weather of Los Angeles, maybe or something, you know, that's like somewhat nice all year round. I like the LA vibe, actually. I used to love the New York vibe, which was very like urban, blah, blah, but I, I like the Los Angeles. I like the colors. I like the whole mood. I know it's very superficial, shallow, but it's just like the, the mood of the city is, is nice. Not the people, but the you know, the surroundings. So I really like Los Angeles. If uh, I didn't get sick every time I visited, uh, Pakistan uh, would also be pretty okay. But the system is just like completely the opposite of the Danish. As uh, people know around the world, Denmark is a very secure system. Uh -huh. We have our issues, but like for day-to-day -day basis, everything works. So we've been around the world but we always love coming back to Denmark because that's like it's home. It's everything works. And we, I mean, if people try to skip lines here, people, you don't never do that here. Okay. You know, okay. People okay. Are okay. Very, people are very, the system works. So if you just step a little bit out of line, people are just like, yo, you know, you're stepping out of line. What, what's going on? You know? Um, so Denmark is a really nice country to live in. A lot of countries, including uh, Imran Khan from Pakistan, he uses Denmark as an example of a well, working society i mean this country is more you know has more muslim values funny enough than muslim countries have you know when it comes to animal uh, rights uh, elderly the way we take care of the elderly you know the welfare system etc etc mm -hmm. you know um so and here people of course there's some really unfortunate souls who are homeless but a lot of some people they even choose to be homeless if you want mm -hmm. a home if you want to be part of the system you can there's nothing stopping you from it but of course uh, there are some people who are unfortunate uh, mentally and financially that they're so far out that they can't get into the system. You know, there's some some things about that. But yeah, man, the, I would pick another country more because because of uh, I don't know the, the landscape. Maybe you know, mm -hmm. you know, Denmark is very flat. I love Denmark, but it's very flat. It's too flat. You know, I like I had... the... Might not be right. Might not be right. Got one chance in life So I will take my chance tonight Living life like I'm in limbo Gotta make a change, get to another level Talking silence in here, hello Gotta light it up, Zippo I don't know what the done told you You a soldier, but don't let him control you Sip a lie, tell a lie, hear a lie enough times Then you believe it yourself Push aside all the lies in disguise And you rise and you see for yourself That you don't know what you possess Unless you go seek it out for yourself You don't know what you possess Unless you go seek it out for yourself Might not be right I don't know, I don't know why Might not be right But I gotta let it go, let it fly Got one chance in life don't try. Yeah, yeah, you're like, yeah, no, I, I understand. I, I had a feeling that you might have said Denmark, actually, um, because, uh, you know, from, from everything that you've said, you're very passionate about being Danish, being from Denmark, the, the music, yeah. the culture, everything about it. Um, so, yeah, I, I did have a feeling. Um, what, what's your biggest fear? Oh, 
That's a very tough question. That's a very tough question. That's not a rapid fire round. You're hitting me with bro. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, man, the biggest fear is uh, not, I, I guess, some, I mean, you know, because I'm our father, yeah. so it's that something happens. Like the other day, I was thinking if one of my kids got hit by corona, and I know the coronavirus is very harsh. It, it puts you really through some hard times with uh, breathing and uh, everything. I know people mm. who had corona who came out of it. They were like, it's very hard. It's not just like a normal flu. Um, anything bad happens to your kids, man. Yeah, you know, your loved ones. You know, so that that's the thing. And it doesn't matter how you know. I understand now with my parents because the pa- our parents, you know, even though I'm 44, they my mother will treat me like I'm four. Mm. you know and sometimes that will annoy you like come on i'm a grown-up man come on. <laughs> what's, what, what's wrong with you but you know i know where it comes from and i have the same with my kids no matter yeah. my son is 19 still if if uh he just uh, passes driving's license but i know the the stress and you know the nervousness he went through uh-huh. just that just that was like getting to me like i wish i could just tear the world apart and just you know do something and give it to him so he doesn't have to go through that those emotions but those emotions are important for for development but as a parent you know we that's the biggest fear we have you know if something happens to our kids but we also want things to happen to our kids because that's how they grow and that's how they learn but i Mm -hmm. think that's just the way we wired that we fear for our seed you know so i i think I've got a feeling the the answer might be the same for this next question, but it, it's what motivates you. I mean, I'm a bit selfish in that way. I won't say that you know hey, my kids motivate me because uh, they're the ones who I'm doing this for. No, I'm I'm selfish. <laughs> I'm, I'm yeah, a, yeah. You know that would be wrong of me to say because I'm doing this because I love to do what I do. Mm-hmm. It gives me purpose. It makes me sane. It makes me who I am. If you take that away from me, I wouldn't be who I am. I wouldn't be Vakas. And that's what I teach my kids is do what you love to do. Don't do it for my sake. Get yourself an education. Don't do it for my sake. Do it for your own sake. You have to live your life. Mm. I'm not going to live your life. You're not going to live my life. You know, if you try try to be as creative as possible also for Mm. them to see that, okay, a pops is doing some good, you know, picks up the guitar. He's creative. Mm. Hopefully that will um, have an effect on them because they get to see enough of the, the normal like the normal academic the the corporate yeah. you know work and yeah, they get yeah, to see a lot exactly. of that normally yeah, everywhere exactly, exactly so so I'm, I'm not doing it for them i'm doing i'm selfish i'm doing it for myself because when i do these things for myself i can be a better father for them mm. you know i can be a better person i can be a better you know inspiration and motivation for them hopefully to go out and do mm. what they want to do because you know as as they see people we live in a culture of guilt uh, it's like we're forced to get an education we're forced to love our parents we're forced to love this and that you know and so we're not doing it out of you know our own choice in a way because we're like hey you have to you have to you have to do this you have to be part of the culture you have to you know uh, and for me, I think it's wrong in a way mm-hmm. because you have to love your parents out of free will. You have to be there for your kids out of free will. You have to be creative out of your free will. So, so, so it's 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 a really a matter of 
self-growth and loving yourself first because you mm -hmm. can't love other people if you can't love yourself if you hate yourself you can't go out and love other people or your kids you know so we have to do things for ourselves uh, for for us to be able to do stuff for other people yeah no i i completely agree with you and i think i'm of the same ilk because it's getting getting a job as a taxi driver is you know i mean that the reason i say that is because that's very prevalent within our, our culture that's much more of a stable career than being uh, a muslim yeah, artist you know what i mean or an artist in general yeah, yeah. like yeah. so you know if you're doing it for stability exactly so like if i was to do this for my kids yeah. i would do, be doing something else i would be making booty shaking music because that would provide me with a lot of cash yeah, you yeah, know? yeah. and a lot of money <laughs> and hits and i would go out but we took the hard way we in outlandish also we took and still take it that way that we do music for ourselves, what makes us happy. You know? uh -huh. And that will resonate with some people and it will not resonate with some other people. But we were mm -hmm. privileged and lucky, timing and et cetera, that, that what we did exploded. And mm -hmm. we had a hit song like Aisha and Looking mm -hmm. to My Eyes, Guantanamo and all these songs that became so big. You know, they were so, you, you could not avoid them. They were so mm -hmm. lo-fi that you had, I mean, bang right there you know so that was a nice it was a good period in time and people were like yo how did you do it da, da, da. and it's like you know it's uh it was meant to be at that period yeah. of time you know? there's 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 some songs where you listen to and you're like oh this was a banger you know uh and you mm -hmm. listen to other songs you're like oh yeah that was good you know some of the songs that you mentioned like for example aisha guantanamo uh you know for me i could name most of most of the the, the tracks off your your first couple albums awesome. you know yeah. Uh, but like for example, Aisha is it's an iconic song. You know that that's almost mm -hmm. it transcends even uh, kind of because that that version that you guys because that that was a remix, right? You, you that was is it Chep yeah, Khaled, it isn't a, it? It was uh, I can never pronounce that word. It's a, it was an interpretation. Okay, okay. It wasn't even a cover because we the only thing we kept was the melody and the the, the Aisha. Oh, I see part. what you're saying. Yeah, 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 yeah. But it was like, so it was like inspired by that. Yeah, it was like a street hip hop type version. We wanted to take that to like the, like and represent the the you know the suburban streets of, of Copenhagen where we're from. You know, mm. so, and it couldn't have been made anywhere else at that period of time. You know, because we were at the right time at the right moment. We had the right experience with the original, at the you know barbecue parties with our friends in the, in the suburb where we lived in Pakistan. You know, summertime. Isam came back from Morocco. He had heard it there also. We had the CD, put it in, you know, and this shisha and kebabs <laughs> and all, all your, uh, your your friends. And you're just listening to that album, Sahara, which was the album. Right, okay, 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 okay. It was, it was like 95, 96. And, you know, that years later, uh, we were making Bread and Bells of Water, the second album. We were in the studio and we were just doing our thing. And I remember I just... We just had a moment, all three of us, and I just put in the CD, put on the song, and I was like, listen, if we don't do a version of this song, <laughs> someone else is going to do it, and we're going to regret it for the rest of our careers. Um, I was, I'm very Bollywood dizzy, you know, when I explain <laughs> stuff. So they were just looking at me like I'm some idiot. Like, what do you mean, man? It's like, trust me, we have to. But how are we going to do it? And then, you know, while we were producing the album, I remember that um, Wycliffe and Marriage Oblige released a song called someone, please call 911. Uh -huh, yeah, and I yeah. heard it, and I heard it, 
and he was like they were in front of the street and they were just like you know jamming yeah yeah, the yeah. and the bass and i was like hey man and i think it was i don't know if it was linear Ethan were like you know this track mixed with that track wow okay if we put those if we put those two vibes together this could work So beautiful, so beautiful, right? Every day like queen on a throne, on a throne, come on. Don't know why, know how she feels, how she feel, yeah. I shall lady one day, it'll be real. Yeah. She moves, she moves like a breeze. And then we got to work with a producer called Mintman, uh, and he was like a funny fella. He was like, uh, he's like, yeah, we should Shrek. Yeah. You know Shrek, right? Just yeah, yeah. A, a white Shrek. Okay. Uh, he, and he was called Mintman because he has a house in the middle of the city in like a backyard. And there was like, you know, mint leaves around the house. All right. Well, okay. I get, so, so, I, I get so, that so, type of guy. We, we, we meet him for the first time. We come up and he's like in these military pants, no clothes on, you know, like big pump guy. And everything is just like there's like this Thai scent of like you know Thai curry and, <laughs> and like you know those uh, what do you what do you call them the incense scent, uh, yeah the exactly incense. so we just come up and he's like hi guys want to make some music picks up the guitar and he's awesome on the guitar you know and we just explain <laughs> what we wanted to do and the rest of history we we did the song and years later we'd call him you. Uh, with him in the same mm -hmm. studio, you know, so he, oh, wow. okay. we only did two tracks with him throughout a career and that was yeah, the yeah, two yeah. biggest, some of the two biggest. Uh, Calling uh, You is, is yeah. again, like another yeah. classic, classic song that like I, I listen to very, very often. Um, and, and it's interesting you mentioned about him picking up the guitar because I was going to say uh, with Aisha, the the first thing that you hear is the, that yeah. guitar. Yeah. And as soon as you hear that, you know what time it is. You know what song is about to come. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, yeah. To, to swear to God, to be honest, and it, it wasn't even planned. You know, you can't plan these things. You can't plan to make a hit song. You can't plan that the guitar has to be this way or it mm -hmm. could have been in a different mindset and played it in a completely different way and it wouldn't have been the same thing. You know, so everything happens for a reason, I believe. You know, you can't just recreate that. We mm -hmm. could go to just, we could pick all the big producers we want go to the studio, but we can never create a song like Aisha again. And that's often the the thing that's the, like the gift and curse of a song like that. Because mm. after you release that, you have a hit with that. Everyone is measuring you and comparing you to that track. Everything yeah, else yeah. you do from that point will be compared to that track. Mm. You know, 
and you can never do that again. You know, every mm-hmm. artist has this one song or every painter has that one painting you know, or whatever, you know, every football player has that one match, you know, that everyone remembers. And you mm-hmm. can, I mean, something magic happens and you cannot recreate that. And you shouldn't, you should always strive for doing something good. But we have made the mistake that we just tried on our record label, uh, the European division of, of uh, BMG at the point. They just wanted another iteration, another iteration, another iteration. And that somehow... Uh, didn't destroy us, but it like pushed us in a direction which was different because everything had to be, you know, we unfortunately somehow gave into that. Okay, we have, we're, we're this big now, we have to like, and you can't, you know, you mm. can't. The best thing we could have done is just go out and continue to do what we do and, you know, just go with the flow in that way. When you try to chase that thing, yeah. you know, that mountaintop all the time, it's too hard, man. It's too hard. Yeah, no, I I completely agree with what you're saying, and um, uh, that I can I can understand as well because you know that album Bread and Barrels of Water uh, is such a like a such a raw album in the sense of like mm-hmm. you can feel it. Do you know what I mean? Like you can feel the emotions yeah, yeah. from each one of you in that album. Um, also with with closer than veins as well. I mean, those two really, really like uh, like my my my. If if anybody asked me what my favorite song is, I don't know if it's my actual favorite song, but I would always tell people to listen to Come Again. Cause, do you know what I mean? Because it was just so different. When I heard it, I was like, "What?" You know what I mean? I was like, "What is this?" The story behind that is so crazy. I um, I had like a CD from uh, our record label, like an old CD that they gave me. Uh, like it was a Eurovision Song Contest winner from 1954 or 64, I think. They, wow. they won yeah, with yeah. that song. So I was just home and I had like a cracked version of Cubase <laughs> where I could, on uh, my brother's PC where I could chop up samples. So I was yeah, just yeah, like yeah. chopping up that sample, chopped it up, boom, 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 brought it to the studio with uh, our producers. And uh, they were like, yeah, this is, this is cool. This is, we're going to work on that. But then the day we were going to work on it, I was sick. And I, in my head, I had like planned this uh, old Kanye type approach to it. You know, and I came to the studio and the guys had went, totally not trap but you know the whole 808 type vibe mm-hmm. and i hated it and i was so like like a like a little stupid kid this in the studio and everybody no this is cool we're gonna do this this is awesome and i was like man i hate it i hate, hate it and then i was like <laughs> then i was like okay let's let, let's let's go for it you know then i was writing and then this went urdu on it and that was i went urdu on it because i was like you know Nah, I don't want to rap in English, you know. I, I want to be like, you know, just like, you know, kid who just like, mm. I, I, do a, I do a Urdu verse. And I did the Urdu verse and it came out really nice, you know. Yeah. 
YouTube and gave me the unofficial uh, status of being the world's fastest desi rapper or something. You know? uh, so, but, no but, it turned, but in <laughs> retrospect, it came out really nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was with, um, if I remember correctly, Saladin was on that as well? Yeah, Saladin was on there. A Swedish uh, rapper called ADL was on there, you know, so, and a Danish Palestinian rapper called, uh, no, Moroccan, sorry called uh, Osama. <laughs> oh, yeah. His, uh, Uso. His name is Uso. Uh, he, he was like a, he's a Danish version of Twister. Okay. Really, really fast rapper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but, but everyone <laughs> came through. Everyone came through on that track, and it became pretty legendary. And of course, in 2007, it got picked up by FIFA. You know. So oh, was it? Yeah, yeah. It was on uh, FIFA 2007, yeah. and I remember I didn't know what FIFA, the foot game, was back then. So, well, you are FIFA. FIFA, what are you talking about? You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. But apparently yeah. later, like, uh, it, it was a big deal. That that's actually like a big thing. Like now, for artists to get their song onto FIFA is like yeah, yeah, yeah. that's like a that's like an accomplishment for them. Like, yo, yeah, we're on FIFA is, now. We made it, type of thing. <laughs> yeah, because the FIFA they always pick tracks that are a bit uh, like out of the norm. You know, yeah, they're, they're not like too contemporary in that way. They're very like, wow, they give you that. Yeah effect and uh, now that i think about it come again has that you know because it's just like kids spitting bars and this thing yeah. hook line that's like yo come again you know plus it has that come again <laughs> come again in danish and come again is the same thing so it's like you know, right when okay, we used okay. to when we used to tour england back in the days people used to sing come again they didn't right, sing come okay, again okay, okay. because it's so similar yeah, yeah yeah no i mean i think that that's one of the reasons why I like listening to it so much because it's just like okay, we got English, then we got Arabic, and then you got Urdu, and then you, do you know what I mean? Like you got all yeah, these, yeah, and yeah. everyone's like you said, everyone yeah. just brought it. There's no one on that track where you're like, oh, that verse no. wasn't good, or you know what I mean? Like yeah, yeah, yeah. what? And the Every the reason of it we amazing. Uh, the re the reason we did that is because that's how we always done it. You know, because we always wanted our music to be a reflection of the society mm. that we grew up in. So okay. on this one where we used to live live we don't have like one massive population of any specific uh, minority everyone mm -hmm. is very mixed you know so in Pakistan where we grew up the guy upstairs was polish jewish you know the guy next door was italian and then there was somali people and then there was arab people pakistani people bengali people you know so it was like big mixture of bosnian people and everything so that's basically all the music we used to when we grew up was very eclectic mm -hmm. you know so we picked these things up and that's also why we used uh, we used them in our music mm. you know and it was so easy for us to blend these sounds because that's how we 
uh, I don't know if I've told you the story about how the outlandish sound came to be. No. It's very unromantic, but it's very real. <laughs> it's the realest story ever. Okay. So I was, um, pardon me for telling the story now. I was, no, no, no. It, was in, it was in the 90s, right? So I was in the toilet doing what you do in the toilet. And my name was business. Sink. Yes, exactly. No, I hadn't. I had um, <laughs> pre the bomb, in the, the bomb in the, you know, in the, in the drums. <laughs> uh, uh, so um, I was uh, sitting there, and Tupac was uh, pumping in my bedroom. Yeah, yeah. And my sister was playing some Bollywood song in her room, you know, with a flute and uh, the high pitched voice. And when it's like a concrete building, so, oh, when, you're in the, okay. so when you're in the loo. You know the sounds get filtered so yeah, all i could yeah. hear was the drums from uh -huh. the tupac and the bass and then i could hear the high pitch from the my sisters and yeah, uh, yeah. like a couple of seconds you know it just beautifully blended and i was just like i had an epiphany you know mm -hmm. there on the loo like what <laughs> forgot the look uh, everything just toilet paper everything just went haywire and i remember <laughs> i uh i got out and i was like what the hell happened and then I, I remember I, I called the others like, yo, 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 you have to check this out. We have to do this and that, that, that. And, and, you know, that's how the sound came to be. And no one yeah. understood that in the beginning because when we went to the studio and explained, uh, producer, yo, take a beat, mix this Indian flute or this uh, Arab mm. sample and let's, let's, and they were like, you can't mix hip hop with these things, you know. So for even for producers back then, it was very outlandish. And that's also why the name outlandish was so ah, right, okay. fitting. So, you know, it's interesting because I think around that same period, um, like you, you, you're saying about timing, right? Around that same period, I remember, I can't remember what year it was released, maybe 2004, 2005. So again, very much in that, that time period, there was uh, Timbaland, uh, Timbaland and Magoo, yeah. and they had that tune, yeah, Indian yeah. Flute. And then yes. there was also like that Dr. Dre tune, um, yes. Galiyoka Jaman, you know, whatever the, the song DJ is called. Quick, yeah, 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 yeah. So I there was that. like almost like a lot of people kind of in different parts of the world, you know, obviously yeah. Timbaland, Dre, you know, these type of guys, and then yeah. yourselves in Denmark yeah. are having these same ideas yeah. about what can we do with this music. Yeah. We, uh, there's like a, a, what do you call it? When it's a, it's a, not a tail, it's like, a, you know, some, something, you know, people, the rumors that, um, because we started experimenting with ethnic samples already on the first album mm. and the second yes, album, yeah, which yeah. came out in 2002. And uh, we had, uh, we almost broke through in the, in the US, uh, LA Reed, who was like the big shot at uh, Arista, he actually signed us to uh, Arista in the US. So we were on the sample CD, which uh, went all across the world and in the US mm -hmm. to all the labels and divisions that these are the songs and artists that we're going to focus on. And it was us. We were on that CD, uh, you know, Usher was on that CD, Outcast, mm -hmm. Pink, a lot of big artists. So the rumor has it that, you know, we were like buzzing 
all around the world in the underground mm. and like sort of in the mainstream. So a lot of these big artists pick this up like, well, what is this? You know, yeah. even even Dr. Dre, even Timbaland, and, mm. you know, Missy Elliott and these people. Uh, and we also were on tour with Buster Rhymes. Oh, no way. When he had that Genesis album out. And I remember no uh, he dropped, uh, he was rolling a joint while we were doing soundcheck in Amsterdam. Uh -huh. So he dropped the joint because we were uh, we were uh, doing El Moro soundtrack for you know we were doing the soundtrack for El Moro and El Moro has that do, 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 this yeah, yeah. Arabic thing and he just started like yo he just came up to the stage yo <laughs> What's this beat? You know, we got scared. Like, hey, sorry, is it too loud? <laughs> you know, but, but so we gained a lot of like respect uh, with the sound that we had all across Europe and the world. And we were also touring with Destiny's Child and Carlos Santana. So everyone was like, "Yo, man, these kids!" You know, no way. These kids are like, "Yo, what's going on with them?" You know, yeah. Lady Fatato, if you remember her, yeah, you know, yeah, she, yeah, she yeah. would be singing Aisha, like Aisha, and we were like, "Yo, oh, wow. what the heck's going on?" You know, and even Snoop Dogg, like our kids you know you know so of course when you're on the way up you get to mingle and see these people at shows and you know different venues etc so we we had that whole thing you know not to say that uh, you know that's like yeah but you know we we've been around we see we've seen people i remember i ran i met will i am mm -hmm. at the airport in copenhagen we just had a talk and you know and then i ran i remember I ran. I was asking where you're going. Are oh, we going to some specific country? Okay, cool. And I was just like, I need to give them our CD. So I ran to one of the record stores in the airport, mm. bought bread and bottles of water, <laughs> you know, <laughs> ran across the airport to the gate, found out which gate he was in, and just gave him the CD. Ah, that's amazing. I just gave it to him. It's like, you're going to love it. And just like, <laughs> peace out. And he was with uh, you know the others and Fergie, et cetera. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of a lot of funny stories from around the world. No, that's really cool, man. So um, just kind of, uh, we, we we did touch upon it in terms of uh, where Outlandish came from. Um, what I want to know is, uh, Wakas, uh, you know, where were you born? Where did you grow up? Um, and you know, did you were you born in Pakistan or were you born in Denmark? I was born in Denmark. My you born uh, in Denmark, okay. Yeah, my, my father, he drove all the way from uh, Pindi to uh No to way. He, he was actually going to uh, Sweden, but he got rejected. And uh, so, as a long story short, he ended up in Denmark. My mother came and, you know, we kids were born here. Uh, very regular upbringing, you know, middle class upbringing in a suburb mm -hmm. of Copenhagen. Uh, my mother always used to, you know, um, sing uh, in Uluba called Nate. Like mm. a knot, like a sheet, yeah, yeah. gatherings, and uh, you know, so she brags. It's you know, he takes it from me. You know? <laughs> uh, so you know, we. And my mother was always creative. You know, she would always make all these cool things, and so I think I got some of my creativity and urge to create from her. Yeah. My father always been a hardworking man. You know, so he was the standard Pakistani father, going to work all day, coming home yeah. a bit. Uh, slightly annoyed at us, you know, not getting good grades and all that stuff and yeah, yeah. the head shake, etc. So, you know, um, very regular stuff. We grew up in, uh, we moved to a suburb of Copenhagen uh, where a lot of immigrants were moving out. Uh, 
during the 80s, actually. And Isam moved out there, and then he moved out there too. We became friends and just played football, hung yeah. around, you know. Where did very, you guys? Were you all in school, or did you all grow up in the same the same neighborhood? We grew up in the same. How do you call it? In the same block. So okay. Pakistan, it's consisted like a horseshoe type blocks. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we lived in the same. So we grew, grew up together playing football and just okay. hanging out, you know, doing regular stuff. And then we started breakdancing together. Okay. Um, and rap. So the hip hop culture, like, really, really kind of influenced you guys uh, when you were growing up in, like, the, the 90s. And I'm guessing. It actually. Uh, impacted me way before that when i was in the second grade because okay. uh, my my nanny took me out to see uh, beat street okay uh, that's that's really old school but that's yeah, like yeah, one of yeah. the first breakdance rap hip-hop movies from yeah, yeah, uh, yeah i think it was in the bronx or whatever yeah, you know, yeah. So, and i was fascinated by it kid i used to start electric boogie and you know all these things. <laughs> i was really fascinated and it kind of like stuck with me so i was really also in school i would be in plays where i would like break dance etc so actually i was i kind of forced isam and lenny into it because they didn't have any interest in like break dance like yo we have to break dance they used to come to my house <laughs> put on mattresses and we just jump like do backflips and all that stuff and then uh, i remember we and I was like, yo, we need to rap, you know, because uh, uh, it was because actually we we were hired to break dance. We make a we made like a breaking crew, so we would like break dance against others, you know. <laughs> and uh, I think both Lenny and something were like this stupid Pakistani man. What the hell's wrong with him? You know, yeah, yeah. Do this stuff, and I would like buy us matching, you know, caps and etc. Like we call ourselves the X Posse, YGB, Young Gifted and Brown, and you know. <laughs> I was very fascinated by by hip hop culture from the U.S. and I remember we were hired, and this guy was like, "Yo, you have to uh, rap." Uh, no, we hired us to dance. Now you have to rap. So we were giving some mics, and we're like, "Yo," and we were good because we were dancing and like, "Yo," yeah, 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 just like yeah. busting some rhymes, whatever, from other rappers that we knew. <laughs> and he gave us—I uh, remember—he gave us uh, ten pounds each, and we were just like, "Oh, we can make money." And we were like, "No." 15 years old, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. can make money from this. And we s slowly switched into rap, writing bars, et cetera, et cetera. I picked up Cubase and like chopping uh -huh. up samples because no producer wanted to work with us, you know, because uh, back then studio time was expensive. Mm. Uh, and it was like, uh, it was held in high regards to be able to get into a studio. It's not like now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, you know, we had to learn a lot of stuff ourselves. Um, and that's also out, where outlandish comes from, you know, something bizarre, something mm. strange, people have not heard about before, exotic, you know. 
born. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I, I think my urge to be creative has always been there with me, and it's always it's still with me and will continue to be with me mm. even when I'm 60, 70, hopefully, inshallah, you know. So it's it's what keeps me sane and what gives me purpose in life, basically. I think it's if I, if I went back and got a nine to five, it would, yeah, it would bring me a stable lifestyle and I wouldn't be so stressed out um, because, you know, music industry is very mm-hmm. up and down uh, financially. But it's what I love. It's what I am. And it's, I wouldn't say it's too late. You can always make a switch to something else. But I, I like what I do. Mm. And um, my kids can see that. They see a happy father who loves what he does. And it hopefully that inspires them when I'm dead and gone that they will remember me for this. If anything, they'll remember me for this. That mm. my father, he, he pursued what he loves. And it will inspire them to do the same thing. Um, I, I, I feel... I won't say I feel sorry for my father, but I, I would have wished that because they spent the whole life trying to provide for us and giving us a stable lifestyle because they have expectations because they left their countries, even though people were like, you shouldn't go, you should stay here and take care of your parents and father, da, da, da. but still they left. So there was a lot of expectation. That's also why they they didn't like me being a musician because mm. you know how how our culture is again. Ah, that's why you weren't to the country so your, <laughs> so your son could be a marasi you know <laughs> so it's you know so it's like it's not uh it's not success for 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 them and their yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. people behind because success is so jaldi saab what is your uh, son doing or oh, he's a doctor Iqbal yeah, saab oh my son is a lawyer married to a scientist you know <laughs> saab, what about your son uh, my son is a rapper dear papa should have slowed down, Papa. Hold your hand like you used to hold mine, Papa. Be the stick that you can hold on to, Papa. You walk so gently, used to walk like Mufasa. I hate losing my patience with you, Papa. Did you ever lose yours with me, Papa? I know I do with your grandson. I just don't hope it goes around, comes around, cause that would be pretty bad news for me, Papa. How you feeling? It's lately there have been too many hospital visits for my life. I guess that's why I work out so much You told me to carry my own weight But first let me carry yours Cause that's what you taught me, Papa you know, But I will say my father became our biggest fan okay. And he could see that You know, that we weren't Pretending to be something that we're not That we were still the same And that we were doing good And it wasn't mm-hmm. changing us as people And, you know that his uh, friends started, God, this out, man, you're your son. He's doing a very good job for us uh, brown people. You know, it's, it's, it's very good. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so, so I think uh, they, they, were, they were very, you know, they became very positive in that. Marshallah. To see that, uh, that we were doing good. That's um, uh, one thing that I'm fascinated by when I, when I speak to, to people, especially when I speak to Pakistanis uh, in, in particular, obviously being Pakistani, I know what the, the culture is like. I know what the expectations are. Mm. Um, one of the things that fascinates me is uh, uh, in your story, like you said, there there's a period of time where um, people are achieving academic highs and you know mm. career highs and all this type of stuff. You know, lots of people in IT and medicine and engineers and all these types of things, and and it's it's easy to um, give give that. Not easy. It's not easy to do, but 
it's easy to, to to go into that and follow that because you're being encouraged to, to do that all the time yeah, um, yeah. and obviously as you're being encouraged you know you're like okay cool fine i'm getting a bit of a shot of dopamine every time i i read this book so i'll just keep doing it and i'll go to my exams and but what fascinates me is is people like yourself where you know you did go against the grain everyone's telling you go this way and you're saying i'm passionate about this so yeah. i'm just going to follow it yeah. what what was that like i mean how did you i suppose convince yourself or did you even need to convince yourself to follow this path did you balance it did you you know focus and you still try yeah. to get the a's whilst you know doing this or were you full into this and you're like i know i'm gonna make it i'm gonna this is what i'm going for you know i'll be like 100 cutthroat honest with you uh, i consider myself pretty mediocre I've I've always considered myself mediocre, uh, dealt with uh, low self-esteem, not believed in my abilities to do anything in life. I still have that. I mean, I'll be completely honest with you. Um, When I was growing up, I was very insecure about myself, the way I looked, that my elbows were... They looked like elephant heads, you know, my fingers were darker than all the others. So uh, sometimes I would have like long sleeves and not wear shorts, you know, uh, I, I had a I have a big nose. So I wouldn't I, I wouldn't have want people to look at me from the side. So I would always mm-hmm. like be like this. I would have wear a cap all the way down mm-hmm. uh, because you know, so people couldn't see my face, you know, to, to like hide behind something. Um, and I I'd. People often ask me, oh, man, you were so rebellious, you went against the grain. I was like, nah, man, it just happened. It could easily have gone the other way, that I would just have taken a path where I would have become an engineer. Actually, I joined uh, as a construction engineer. Mm-hmm. You know, I never went one day. They sent me <laughs> letters, et cetera, invitations for this and that. I never went because I just followed another path, you know. Mm-hmm. So, so it would, and even now, when I'm while outlandish, uh, we were on a high. I was dealing with a lot of like uh, confidence issues, you know, because I was just. We all had to fill a role. Mm-hmm. Was apparently, like, yo, you have to be the entertainer. Mm-hmm. So I took on that and like uh, learned how to deal with, you know, handling crowds. And I'm I'm awesome at it. If you ever mm-hmm. see me handle a crowd, it's like it's. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm very good with uh, with crowds. Uh, I've come to be, but I'm a very uh, not a shy person. But I'm, I, I do have like uh, self confidence uh, problems and issues. And my cousin pointed it out uh, with this new track that I'm doing that I've done. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's called Imposter Syndrome. I posted a selfie on IG the other day Caption read that I wasn't feeling okay Self-hate and doubt To my surprise I was amazed So many felt what I had to say My cousin Aisha say it's imposter syndrome When you're feeling like a failure Who will be exposed Low self-esteem overdose So you stay out of sight Still, you take 10 pics for IG But delete them all, right? You cannot fix your identity So you stay out of sight Become your own biggest critic, your own personal troll. You do not condone yourself, cause basically you feel like a fraud. 
It's like yeah, yeah, I'm, yeah. A, I'm a very curious person. I love to learn new skill sets, but I'm always telling myself, who the heck do you think you are doing this? Well, why? What makes you think you can pick up a camera and shoot something that looks good when so many other people are doing it? And they're probably looking at you saying that, look at that idiot. He doesn't know how to do these things and he's so bad at it. He should just stick to what he does, which is rapping. And at the same time, every time I pick up a pen to write, I'm thinking to myself that I'm a rapper, I'm a bloody Pakistani who should be working in a grocery shop. Mm. And not even that I would be successful at because I don't know how to do business, you know. <laughs> so I have this voice constantly, bro, in my head telling me these things even till this day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It will stay with me. But I've learned to invite it in for chai, you know, give it, it some rusk biscuits, have a conversation with that okay. place, but not let it overpower me, you know. So I think that's what makes me unique is that I put myself, put myself I get annoyed of that voice and I put yeah. myself in, in a situation to prove that he's wrong. That part of me is wrong. Tell yeah, me that yeah. I'm not worth anything, you know, because that's what imposter syndrome is like. It's like you, you put yourself down. You have the feeling that other people are looking at you, telling you that you're bad and they're just waiting for you to fail. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that can be very a dominant feeling, man. If you haven't been through it, that can be a very dominating feeling. Uh, I'm not a depressed person at all. I'm very, I'm a very happy person, simple person, but that self doubt is constantly there. And, uh, it, it gives me fuel. It gives mm. it fuels my creativity in in a certain way. So I embrace it. I I, I keep it with. Would you say that it kind of it kind of gives you a bit of a chip on your shoulder yeah. because you're like, you know what? I've got these thoughts. These because what I believe is your thoughts are echoes from conversations and sounds and everything that you've mm. experienced over your entire yeah. life. You know, for me, I, like everyone else, we have that voice in our head and. I've yeah. I've only recently come to realization that okay this voice is actually just the culmination of all the people that just said these things to me in those moments now yeah. it's become almost like a truth and uh exactly. you know what I mean and exactly. and now and 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 funnily enough um and possibly because I was I was listening to to your new song a couple of times yesterday cuz I, I wanted to listen to it as many times as possible before cool. um seeing yeah. you today um yeah. but like even last night I was I, I had some thoughts and as I was having those thoughts, I kind of caught it and I was like, oh, so you're the voice. You're, this is the voice. This is the voice that I should listen to. Uh, sorry, no, this is the voice I should recognize as the person who doesn't want good for me. Yeah, for, exactly. for me to fail, I should listen yeah. to that voice. Yeah. And I, actually, you know, the thing is also, I've come to the realization, people are not thinking about you. Mm, like yeah, yeah, every yeah. Day that we think that people out there just thinking about <laughs> us that, okay, this guy, this guy, but they're not, man. Yeah, you yeah. know, because they're living their own life, they're going through their own stuff, you know. Like, but you, like you so correctly pointed, it's like conversations, bits and pieces you pick up here and there, and your own head, and you form this truth. That's also what I'm saying in the song, in the song that you have to identify with your truth, you know. Yeah, what yeah. is your truth? You have to ask yourself these questions, you know. Uh, and, and, and for me to make a song like that, it's just. I, I couldn't have done this like years ago. This mm. is just me also uh, an age factor, I think. And I've had all these experiences that I can just be so honest. And people mm. are like, yo, why, why are you being so honest? Like, why not? I mean, that this is what my music is about. Music yeah. my music is an extension of me, you know, my thoughts and et cetera. So I, I have to do it. I have to talk about these things, you know. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So uh, there's... Um... 
I mean, because obviously you had. Um, so did you have two albums before Bread and Bowels or, or one album? So, um, we had uh, one album called uh, Outlands Official. Yes. Uh, yeah. And and then we had Bread and Bowels of Water. And okay. between Bread and Bowels of Water and uh, Close in the Veins, we were um, commissioned by a that beats record, rhymes in life. Yeah, exactly. So we yeah, were commissioned yeah. by a British uh, independent record label to put up, uh, make a compilation of songs that have inspired us old, new at yeah, that time, yeah, yeah. you know. So we put together a mishmash of Nusrat Fateh Ali Khan. So crew was on that as well, wasn't it? Yeah, and uh, Rishi Rich <laughs> remix of uh, Walu, you know. So a, a lot of uh, different stuff. It was it was pretty fun doing uh, that compilation. And then, of course, from Bread and Bell, uh, from uh, Coles in the Veins, there was a long gap. We did uh, Sound of a Rebel. Yeah. After Sound of a Rebel, we did um, Gloria Gloria, that yeah. album. And in 2017, we uh, broke up as a band, stopped uh-huh. activities. And then in 2019, um, we joined forces again as a duo touring mm-hmm. and uh, also released some new music uh, with me and Lenny. I can feel there's something about this moment that we simply can't ignore The poles are melting, mother earth is hurting cause she knows what lies in store What is it that we are leaving behind? Tell me how come we so blind? Is it too late? Mm-hmm. Tell me is it too late? Yeah. I will try to be better Try to keep it humble with a whole lot of cheddar Try to spend less but I gotta show Gotta go buy a lot of clothes that I don't need Cause I can't wear what I wore last week Flying out, trying not to waste Wanna travel less but I gotta show face Mother Nature making sure we won't forget her Why she so sad though, why she so mad Out on a vendetta Better write a better, better be a letter Cause even when I scream our planet on Netflix is considered pollution Like bags in the ocean in the ocean. Eat less meat, I'm a meathead, mindful spending. I'm just pretending, cause all I need is you, all I see is you. Wanna base my whole lifestyle around you. And mm-hmm. he's um, uh, continuing as a solo artist. So that's like the timeline. Image. Yeah, yeah. You, you spoke when, when, when you were speaking about growing up and having these insecurities. Um, you, know, you know what was really interesting? Because what was, what was going in my head was um you know you're you're creating this album for example bread mouth because i didn't hear uh outlands official until after so i heard bread and mouth's war then i heard yeah, yeah. The that's for, more, for most people because it uh close the first album didn't go international it was only like a nordic thing like okay thing. yeah yeah but there were bangers on that album though like yeah, when yeah, i listen yeah, to yeah. it now there's some yeah, bangers yeah. on that album like yeah i would it was know, <laughs> like yeah, yeah. that was a really good album. Man. Outlands official, Outlands official was more raw, uncut, and more mm. like in your face in that way. While uh, Burning Bells of Water was like a really solid version of it. Yeah, yeah like, okay. That was the that was the diamond. The Outlands right, official okay. was the cold, you know. Yeah, yeah We yeah. just compressed that cold and made Burning Bells of Water, you know, and then yeah. closing the veins with the neck was the neck piece. You know, okay, yeah, 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 <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know, but but you know, so that, <laughs> that, that was the f- first album was like, just like three kids with yeah. uncut raw energy. It wasn't a perfect album, but it was just like in the moment. While Burn About So Water was more like you know, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. smash it because we were angry 
when we did Bread and Bass with Water because we had so high expectations with the first album that this right. is going to be so big. And it didn't. It was only Nordic things. So we're like, mm. okay, we'll show these people. So okay. we just went to the studio. We just sampled all these things that we hadn't done before. And like, it was more, you know, out of not rage, but like <clears throat> to prove everyone so as we're saying Brennan Browse of Water when, when you're making that you still had these kind of uh, self-confidence issues at the time and and from the sounds of it, it was based very much in terms of you know your your race and your appearance and what people would be saying and how they would look at you think and and the reason why I was actually quite as you were saying that I was quite um uh, I was quite moved actually because I'm thinking back to when you released it and and I kind of said this at the beginning um so for me uh 2001 was was a very big year for 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 everyone but you know for me 911 when that happened the reason I say that that was a big year is because I had 11 12 years of living normally as as mm. as a brown boy you know i lived in a society where there's it's it's fairly mixed lots lo, you know lots of white people lots of brown people yeah. lots of black people you know no one i never really encountered racism to be honest with you i never never really encountered racism and it was only after 911 that i started encountering racism i remember uh, the first time i ever experienced racism was when i was walking through a park and funnily enough it was some like irish gypsy guy who who had like a very thick accent uh, you know irish accent was like get the, out of our country yeah. and i was like mate you're in my country like do you know what i mean like what do you mean like i didn't understand yeah, it yeah, I, yeah, it yeah. didn't make sense to me like what do you mean get out yeah. of your country so 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 that's when um and then you know at school it was like don't don't like i remember this you know don't be too muslim type of thing you know don't yeah, yeah, you know yeah, don't yeah. do that and that. um and i remember when um outlandish came out and i started hearing i was like wait so i it's, wait so it's cool like you know what i mean like, yeah, like i'm yeah, cool yeah. i can be that's, cool uh, like this yeah yeah exactly it's it's funny you say that but because we've heard in that period of time we've heard that a lot we people told us a lot, that a lot that they found some sort of identity uh, of being, you know, well, whether it's Muslim, Sikh, uh, Hindu, or atheist, or whatever, but just a person that's part of a minority in Europe and yeah. in the West uh, during these times. Because bear in mind, uh, also Sikh people got attacked mm, because yeah, people yeah, were so yeah. ignorant that they thought they were Muslim or whatever, you know. Uh, so people found some sort of identity through our music because we were very outspoken. Yeah. about these things you know and accidentally we had a song called guantanamo and then you had a guantanamo bay and you know people started putting <laughs> two or two together where they didn't fit or whatever you know yeah, yeah. Uh, but it all worked out really nice also with aisha uh with you know we would showcase and the whole scarf thing was also so big back then you know and still mm. is and then people were like yo they, they have a number one song in europe and there's a teacher with a scarf you know in it and mm. wow what's going on so so you know that became became much bigger than us you know and some it has it had like some a positive thing for us but also i would personally say a negative thing in the sense that we got the three persons individuals who we were a bit got lost in the brand if you know what i mean okay um, and so our personalities 
individual mm-hmm. personalities. People would know us from outlandish. You know, mm-hmm. it's that guy from outlandish. It's that guy from outlandish. Even till this day, it's like, mm-hmm. oh, that's you from outlandish. Because, you know, I'm, yeah. I'm, a, I'm, I'm a living, <laughs> breathing person. You know, yeah, I have a yeah. life, I have experiences. But all these things go a bit lost when you're part of a band and you are, what do you call it, so successful as we were. Mm-hmm. So you are the band, you are the brand, mm-hmm. you know, you're, you're, people don't care about you as a person, individual, your thoughts, whatever. It's just a brand. They just want yeah, you to yeah. be that thingy, you know. And I also think growing up and now, when we broke up in 2017, the, the main thing was that we basically really wanted to be us mm-hmm. as individuals, you know, and, and go out and do what we do as individuals. And um, and that's basically why that breakup happened. When people are like, why couldn't you just stay together forever? Mm-hmm. Of course we could, man. But uh, I mean, sometimes people also just go apart and we didn't. Mm-hmm wanted to pursue individual things and find ourselves. I mean, I had to rewire my whole thinking after we broke up because that that was really hard for me because my whole life and my DNA and everything was based around outlandish, you know? Mm. So I spent like a year figuring out, okay, who, who is Vakas? Who is this Vakas guy? Okay, mm. he's this insecure person who doesn't even speak up at a, in a line because he's like, you know... So, so who is he? So I had to like, in a very mature age, like find myself yeah, and, yeah, and grow. And it was only in 2000, like I told you, 19, that we like, was like, yo man, I think we should, because we have a legacy. So mm-hmm. maybe we should put together, just start touring at least, because there's a lot of people who want to like see us perform and et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. We had a conversation with Isam about it and he was like, he was in a good place. He's still in a good place. I'm like, yeah. uh, pursuing, he's like really strong in his uh, output of what he's doing. Mm-hmm. Like he's really come into what he is. I, when I see him do his thing now, it's like, that's him. That's mm-hmm. what he was meant to do, you know? Uh, so he was, he's good where he is. And we were just like, yo, me and Lenny, we want to do this. And everybody was happy. There was no like, resentment or hard feelings or anything so we started touring and now we you know like releasing new music as outlandish and of course i know like also no it's not the same it'll never be the same man it Mm. can never be the same we know Mm. that but that's not the purpose it's also it's just part of our dna and who we are as humans so why not continue that beautiful legacy uh as long as as you can you know so so that's it, it sounds like the, the purpose of starting Outlandish was because you were three friends who, who had a hash, passion for music yeah. Uh, yeah. and, you know, your own identities and, and you wanted to represent that. And uh, and and it just seems like um, it's one of those things where it's like when, when the when 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 and if that that kind of feeling comes back, then that's when it's going to be best anyway. You know what I mean? Like you were saying with Outlander Fish or in Bread and Bowls of War, you guys yes. were just together yes. working. And, and if you were to do yeah. anything now, like you said, the bigger you got the more diluted it almost became because of the brand and the machine and the corporate and the money and the audience and the targeting and and then when you start thinking of music as a businessman or music as i don't know like a commodity um you know you are the commodity type of thing and you know i'll just get pushed here and i'll get pushed there by the pr machine you know, yeah, exactly. That's you, what you end up losing a lot of love. You know what I mean? Yeah, you you hit the, you hit that in a nutshell. And now the the thing why we went back together as we do now is because we found that joy again. Mm. Yeah, know, yeah. We, for for me, you know, when we work outlandish music now and we're performing, 
it is like, you know, back in the days where you have butterflies in your belly and everything is like, ah, and Isan has the same thing with his own stuff, you know? And mm-hmm. so uh, I think people should not put too much into it. People started like being very, you know, there's a controversies about, oh yeah, uh, this and that. It's, it's not, <laughs> I mean, there's, there's nothing like that. Yeah, we grew apart. Uh, mm. musically and as persons and we wanted to do different things and that's perfectly all right uh you know at the end of the day it's our decision yeah, you know? yeah, and, yeah, we're, yeah. and we're happy with it and also i'm uh, i'm also continuing my own stuff i released an album you know one foot in the sink yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, back in 2017 after we broke up so that was like a therapy album for me Mm-hmm. you know to like find myself and to get on with it and lenny just released an album also so we, i mean it's a lot of creative a lot if you're a fan of outlandish as it mm. was then you're going to be disappointed but if you're a fan of good quality music with a good message and these three guys who were part of this thing where it's like an abundance of music coming out both from isam both from me both from lenny and me and lenny as outlandish mm. and you have the old songs so what they're not to like about that. yeah 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 no absolutely absolutely and, yeah but if, uh, you, if, if, if you if you see me go and if you see outlandish uh, suddenly uh, we're uh, you know turning into a little peep or whatever whatever a little yahtzee and that's you know that yeah come, <laughs> come, come, come at us you know? <laughs> fully you're obliged to come at us <laughs> so no uh, no outlandish drill coming soon now no 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 <laughs> All right. So, in terms of uh, one foot in the sink, then uh, that again, you know, you know, what's really funny about uh, one foot in the sink is uh, I remember uh, speaking to one of my friends who, who's really, really into his music. Uh, you know, he, he does his own kind of producing and stuff like that. Mm. Uh, and uh, <laughs> and I was I, I rolled up on him one day and I was listening to your album, and he was like, "Yo, who's that?" And I was like, "Yo, it's my boy Wakas." And he was like, "Who's Wakas?" I was like, "You know, from Outlandish. He's got his new album now." And he's like, oh, okay, what's it called? I said, one foot in the sink. And he just, he looked, he looked for a second, like, why is it called? And he just burst out laughing. He's like, oh, okay, fine, I get it. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's funny, man. The, the, the whole concept of the album, you know, one foot in the sink, the other on a banana peel. It's like the worst, yeah, you know, yeah, the longest, yeah. longest uh, title. It's not commercial or anything, but it is so fitting because yeah, for yeah, me, yeah. that was like showing the balance that we're just trying to find yeah. that balancing. And the world is the banana peel. It's yeah, slippery, yeah. you know. It's and you have one foot, you know, yeah, yeah. you know, whatever. And yeah, if you yeah. slip, it's like you're messed up. I wasn't good at sports, so I never got picked. I was up at the kebab on the ride, but you that is so sick. We didn't celebrate Christmas at home, so I danced around the prayer rug in my room alone. When I'm said I go pray in the mosque. I used to sit on the rug with the comic book on the side. I mean, life was pretty okay, a little confusing at worst. More like a blessing, nothing at all like a curse. I was a little chubby kid, so innocent. Just trying to find a balance with one foot in the sink. 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 Yeah, we're striking the pose and we're trying to find 
foot is here and the banana peel is here and you know so it's very it's a very delicate balance uh, and also I like uh, i feel like there's um there's so so when it when it comes to to music you've got your i suppose your your bread and butter little yari little yatsi you know illuminati whoever it is right and then you've got your um you know those who are they are focused on the muslim scene right just that we are in the muslim scene yeah, yeah. Um, you yeah like the nishidars you haven't really put yourself no. in either one of those categories it no. sounds like and 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 i say this because i feel like to a certain extent with what i'm doing i'm almost like in a similar situation where you know i'm i'm the muslim podcaster with the short beard you know what i mean I, I, you know what I mean. I'm not the one who's who's interviewing the sheikhs about fiqh, and I don't have a big beard, and we're talking about dawa and whatever it might be. Um, and and this was this is what what one of my guests actually said to me. Um, you know, he was like, "You, like you're you're speaking to the in between. You know what I mean. You're speaking to those who are kind of drifting and they're off, but are still almost like searching and looking for something inspirational, like mm. about their people and about Muslims. You know, that's not negative." But you know, maybe the the more kind of the main practicing type of people probably wouldn't watch your stuff. So you're kind of like in the middle. And I realized when that person said that to me that actually the only people that have really catered to that is outlandish in from a music perspective. That yeah. you know, you have spoken to that gen, especially at the time when it came out, when as a as a 14, 15, 16 year old, you're kind of lost anyway. Most people that I know anyway are a bit lost in that sense of, you know, religion and society yeah. and culture, getting a bit older, your friends are out drinking and partying and whatever, yeah. whatever. And, you know, you come home and, you know, obviously you'd get beats if you do that. So, it's like, you know what I mean? Like there's that very confusing time in life. And, and exactly. when your music came out, um, that gave, like you said, it gave people an identity to be like, okay, no, we're cool. Like I can go out yeah, 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 and yeah. still kind of party, but I don't need to drink. You know what I mean? I don't need to do these things, so I can I can kind of have that balance and not feel bad and yeah. not feel restricted. And you know what I mean? I still feel proud of myself and still go home and then pray my salah sure. and, and do my sure. thing. You know what I mean? So it, it, I feel like you're almost like a voice for the, that category of people, yeah. where it's like in the middle. You know, not not too yeah. much on one side or the other. You know, the thing with us is we always made music that we feel is good. That and I think that. We shouldn't. That's just my opinion. That you know, we if you if you cater too much to a certain audience, whether it's the in betweens or the far right or mm -hmm. left or whatever, it's it's you lose yourself in that. You you become you become you become like you obliged. It's like Michael Jackson. You know, he was weird, and people expected him to be weird. So he mm -hmm. was like, okay, that's my gimmicks. Let me be weird. You know, and then you lose yourself. You know, and and for us, we always only made music for ourselves the three mm -hmm. of us yeah and whoever liked that it resonated with cool. okay but like you're saying the majority of the people who it resonated with was the people in between and that's not just muslims that's also christians and atheists people yeah. who have who had some sense of understanding and like broad-minded of course mm -hmm. people who are narrow-minded they wouldn't listen to us. Even Muslims, they were like, this is haram, this yeah, is haram, hey, this, hey. this and that. How dare they use Allah's name in music and da da da. And the far right would, people would be like, look at these guys, you know, they are the front speakers <laughs> for the is Islamists, you know, the Al-Qaeda <laughs> pop boys, you know. Uh, so we got slack from everyone. Mm. 
you know, mm. but the people who always stuck with us were the ones who were in between, who mm. were searching and who are broad-minded, embracing. And, you know, if anything you would call our music, it's uh, social, realistic and embracing, you know, because we embraced everyone in, in mm. that way. So, you, so, so you're right about that. But always, uh, my advice to people is always don't do stuff for other people's sake mm. or to cater for, you know, unless you're a business and you know, okay, if I cater for these people, it will make me this amount of money. Because then then that's your thing. But if you're creative, always mm. be creative for yourself. And uh, every, like people, some people also come, yo, I, I want to do some stuff that's that will uplift people and it will be good for, you know, da-da-da. It's like you're, you're in it for the wrong reasons anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, uplift yourself. And it will automatically uplift other people. If you strive mm. too much to like, yo, I have to uplift people. I have to do this because people will be da-da-da. We need to get people with T-shirts, with a good message. Now, give yourself a good message. Wear a T-shirt with a good mes- message mm. for your own sake. And that will inspire other people, you know. Like no like risk, you, no risk. Also, also like yeah, also if you, come on, man. I mean, uh, I've had conversations with people. I'm like, you know, uh, when, when the Prophet, وسلم, he helped an uh, nice. old lady or he helped, you know, with the garbage and all these things. I'm not an expert. I know, you know, I know he helped people. He didn't help people <laughs> with the set of mind. If I help her, she will do yeah. shahala and then she will become a Muslim and I will win. Yes. No, yeah, he did it because yeah, yeah, yeah. he was a blessing to all mankind, you know, and yeah, he, yeah. he was he was doing it for the sake of good. Mm. You know, and that's the thing, man. Too many people out there do things, whether it's make T-shirts or make brands or music. For, for the wrong reasons, basically. Mm-hmm. And many times these people, they fail. Mm-hmm. So if you get into the Nasheed world because, yeah, I'll be successful because I'll sing to the Muslims and they'll like it. And, you know, I'll mm-hmm. lose Allah. It's like, come on. Mm-hmm. If you, I mean, you can scare a person away with a very bad speaker and a bad azan. And you can mm-hmm. also draw them with a beautiful voice. And, you know, so you have yeah, yeah, yeah. your craft first and you have to have the right intentions to that it brings you peace you know mm. because that's people are not stupid man they can see that they can see if someone's authentic and doing it for the right or wrong reasons or wrong yeah reasons. yeah and what i really like about um your music uh you know one foot in the sink uh, by the way my favorite song on one foot in the sink is mere khuda My body without soul, kind of a purposeless tool. But ambition without goal, it's a worthless jewel. What's the purpose of living if you can't even breathe? And where would I be if I didn't believe in what I can't see? Now, when I was down, you were there. Running around, you were there. When I was out of control and out on parole, you were there. Yeah, time to repair, damage your career. Really don't care, time for a prayer. So I get down and we'll go and say these words to you. When you wanna put it on, they say take it all off Let no one decide for you, do what you wanna do 
always stay true to you Sometimes it's hard to breathe To see the light at the end of the tunnel and still believe While some spread bullets, some spread seeds that is that's just a vibe man you know you can just like yeah. chill to that song man like yeah, really. yeah true, but then true, but then true. if you listen to it it's deep you know what i mean yeah, it's got yeah, that yeah. i can chill to it and vibe to it but then if i listen to it i can gain something from it as well um but um your your new song um mountain tops and rock bottoms uh, rock bottom mountain tops the other way around yeah. <laughs> rock bottom and mountain tops rock, rock bottom and mountain tops yeah. rock bottom will teach you lessons mountain tops never will Rock bottom will teach you lesson mountain tops never will Rock bottom will teach you lessons mountain tops never will never will Rock bottom will teach you lessons mountain tops never will so chill that and like I said we're one foot in the sink and then also this this new new track that you've released um it's I don't know I think I listen to I think I listen to it slightly differently being uh, a 30 year old Pakistani male because mm. it resonates with me in a very kind of obvious way in the sense of I've been through a lot of the experiences that you know you've been through um, yeah. not not from the career perspective but in terms of like you know your your your, your iman your deen friends yeah, yeah, yeah. family these types of things and, and stuff like that so um, it resonates with me you know possibly slightly differently than than it would with um, than others um, but what I really like about um, your music is you're very honest about every single thing that you're writing and that you're saying from, you know, uh, I, I can't remember the, the lyrics, but I remember hearing, I was like, yo, that was deep. Something about, yeah. you know, shaitan taking you away from your deen and, you know, you're trying to always try, you're trying to always get back to that. Yeah, like um, I, uh, yeah in, the, in, the, in the song, the new one, I say that... Uh... I started doubting myself, this is affecting my health A mind is so powerful, this is a cry for health and for affection Didn't feel a lost presence in my sujood But I felt shaitan was was and you will lose You know, I, I, I didn't feel a lost presence in my sujood But I did hear shaitan was was and Yeah, you yeah, lose. yeah There's a battle yes. and everything that you hold there, you know So, so you know, it's like uh, sometimes you get these epiphanies and, this, and, and being honest is like, I think that's one of my strengths in my music but that's all i have you know that i can share and i've found that the more mediocre the feeling is the more it resonates with people because mm -hmm. it's not, not mediocre in a, in a in a negative way but you know it's like common feeling you know yeah yeah, we, yeah like like as, a muslim, it be very, like as a muslim it would be very common feeling that you don't feel a lost presence but while you're praying you hear mm -hmm. all the time you know it's very normal but not many people who talk about this it. taboo mm -hmm. In uh, one foot in the sink, the song I, I say that you know, when I when my mother used to say to me, go to your room and pray namaz, I would go and I would sit with a comic book, you know. Mm -hmm. And if someone came in, I would just throw it out and then, you know. So <laughs> it it it's it's very taboo to talk about, but you know, it's very normal. Everyone it's is real, yeah, yeah. It, it's real, so you know that's the the thing that I've always tried to is keep it as real and authentic as possible. And those experiences are right in front of your nose. And my nose is very big, so it's, there's a lot of experience right there. You know, even though it seems so far away. But, but you know, so that's, that's very... Embrace your faults and your, your downfalls, you know, and use them as, as strength. 
I would say. Yeah, I think um, I think one of the things. So so recently, I've been doing a lot of research on addictions and why we are addicted to certain things. And and you know, when we when we first started this conversation, you were speaking a lot about um, you know re rewiring the brain and yeah. um, and doing you know having a routine so you wake up you don't look like a bum and you, you actually do your work and you get things yeah. done even though you know what i mean so um from your perspective then um the music that you're releasing do you see it as i mean do you see any as anything other than just an expression of yourself like like you're saying you know you're not you're not doing it for anyone other than yourself so when you're releasing it do you do you think okay this could you know help you know this bar could help someone or is it just is it just generally like actually if I heard this myself this would have this would have helped me or this still helps me now? What's yeah, your your, your thought that's process? The, that's the thing. I don't I don't think I write to help people, but I do know I'm not stupid. I, I do mm -hmm. know that it will resonate with a lot of people. If it resonates with me, because the feelings I have in in general are very common to very so many other people. So if I write it, I know they will help other people. And everyone knows about mental health. Not many people talk about it. Pakistanis were very like, oh, they're pagal nahi hai, you know. No, he's going to a psychologist. Camera pagal ho gaya, you know. Pagal khana. Yeah, it's, it's it's not like that. Mental health is real. A lot of people go through mental health. Also, our elders have probably gone through it. So it's yeah, you know, yeah they yeah. just don't talk about it. It's taboo, you know. Mm -hmm. We we like to present a perfect version of ourselves, even though behind the facade everything is falling apart. You know, we have to maintain. A nice presence towards other people you know that's like very mm -hmm. pakistani way very desi way uh, but when i write i just always do it from this particular song it, it happened on instagram because i put up a picture i was going through a time like some uh, a month or two where i was like really feeling doubtful about myself so mm -hmm. i had like a couple of friends that really helped me really had some nice conversation with some friends uh, including safe adam that just like brought me up and I put that picture up and it just resonated mm. with so many people that sparked the conversation. And I, that inspired me to do the song, actually. I did the song two days later. Production, lyrics, recording, everything. Bang, it was done. It was mm. like a, a feeling in that moment that it just happened. And I was mm -hmm. at that moment, I just knew, okay, this is right. This is, this is nice. This needs to get released. Uh, mm -hmm. But I also knew that this will not create waves at all commercially. So... I told my manager I'm just going to release it myself because I have a like a little record label, just my name, on the side where I release these things, creative things that I know that it's no per there's no point in trying to go the mainstream way with these type mm -hmm. of songs. I also did a year ago I did a song called TAK Take a Knee, mm -hmm. which was inspired by the whole Take a Knee movement, you know. Mm -hmm. And I know that these songs won't create waves, but they will. They are they're very powerful statements from my point. Mm -hmm. from, from from my side and i know that and i also know that it it uh, gives brings me it brings me more credibility you know just adds to the credibility to release mm -hmm. these type of songs that's not the reason why i do it but it, yeah, you know, yeah. I'm, from a business point of view i know that this keeps will, you active doesn't it, it keeps, keeps keeps me active yeah it keeps your name in the conversation going and and you know reg regardless if you think it's boring you can't point to the song and say it's bad you can just say, uh, and I know that, I know uh, they, they won't admit it, but I know like fellow colleagues who will be like, damn, we wish we could just do stuff like that and just put it out. But we can't because we have to, you know, mm. we have to go that route, you know. So, and I don't care because I've, I've lived that life, still living that life, but this is like 
an outlet for me, mm. like to creative outlet for me to just do things, you know. And mm. and right now, bro, if you go to my YouTube, Instagram, if you go to YouTube, it doesn't have a lot of views. I, I follow it like I can follow it. I think on Spotify, the song at the moment it was released yesterday, it has like 127 spins. I can see it real time. And it doesn't mm. bother me. Seriously, mm. I swear to God, it doesn't bother me. Of course, mm. we all want that. I would just explode, but I know I'm realistic, you know, mm. and as long as you're realistic and it, you won't get disappointed, you go, won't get stressed out, you won't be like, oh, well, there's nothing happening, mm. you know, because it's not meant to be that. If that happened, yeah, then J. Cole would be number one all the time. Then mm. a lot of these, you know, conscious rappers, low key and, you know, Riz Ahmed, you know, he he would stream millions and millions and mm. millions of mm. times, you know, but, you know, this. We know that music like this and then messages like these, they are very, sometimes they're too much for people to handle in a way. People don't want to listen to it because they want to be entertained and in, in different ways. No, absolutely. And and I think um, just to kind of uh, cap things, because I just realized that I've, I've had you here for about two hours now. So uh, I... I... <laughs> Uh, the last thing that I wanted to, to kind of just mention, uh, which was based on what you just said, I, I listened to a podcast yesterday uh, with M. Huncho. I don't know if you've heard of M. Huncho before. Yeah, yeah M. Huncho. Uh, yeah, I'm sure. But uh, I mean, for me, he, he's kind of one of my favorite um, artists at the moment. Um, because I think, I mean, although, yeah, his, his lyrics are, are pretty graphic. There's an underlying message that I listen to, which is about, um, you know, kind of pushing forward, you know, working yeah, yeah, for yourself, yeah. you know, creating your own business, yeah, and your yeah, own yeah. brand. And you know what exactly. I mean? Like, that's what he's pushing. Exactly. And I think, you know, people don't hear that, but like, that's that's what I get from him. And, and he, it's very motivational listening to some of his songs in the morning, for example, just to, yeah, to get yeah, working. Yeah, yeah. But I love he said, it, man. I love it. He's, he said on a, on a podcast recently, he was saying um, that, even when someone turns around and looks at another artist and says, you know, this guy's trash. If he's got fans, he's not trash. Mm. He's just not your cup of tea. There's other people that you would look at and you say, oh, they're rubbish. And it's like, okay, that's fine. But, you know, they've got fans. So it's not that they are rubbish. It's not a subjective thing. You know what I mean? It's not binary. It's not rubbish and great. No. It's no. this person is great for me. And exactly. there's enough people in the world who just think the same way. And they they, they they also touch on to that. So I think, you know, when you're, I, I think once again, um, that this almost could be um, one of those points. For example, like you said, when you were listening to, to Tupac and, and the Bolia mm -hmm. Julian that was coming through the bathroom and you merge those th two things together, you know, I really do believe that, you know, speaking about mental health and, you know, the way that you're doing it as well is you're, you're doing mental health from almost like an Islamic perspective as well, as well. Like, you know, shaitan is coming. He's saying this, what's yeah, yeah, your yeah. mind? And he's telling you to lose and he's forcing you to do this and you're giving yeah. in to him. You know, I think personally that, you know, this, this can and should be spoken about more. And I think exactly. the more that it's spoken about, the more people will then start to realize like, oh, you know what? I can get this from music now you know i can yeah. i can understand this yeah, about exactly. music now it's it's out there bro i mean it, mm -hmm. it, it's uh, the the only thing i would say that i wish was different is that music like this podcasts like these mm -hmm. they get a better outlet you know because at the end when it comes down to it it's all promotional tools how big mm -hmm. a promotional machine do you have to promote these things like I would love this podcast to be number one on you know Spotify's whatever. I would Some. love, I would love uh, my song to be on Spotify UK, uh, New Music Friday, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. 
because it's an important message. But I think the more people who it resonates with do their part, because look, you're putting a podcast out. I'm putting music out. Mm-hmm. It's the, the listener, I would say, if anything, people watching this, you, you're not obliged to do anything. Mm-hmm. But if anything, you should take this and help spread it as much as you can. You know, mm-hmm. if, and, I, and Alhamdulillah, I see that with people with the song. They're like really spreading it without me telling them. They just mm-hmm. like screenshot, bam, bam, because it resonates with them and they feel an urge to spread it, you know. Uh, most people won't do it because they're like, ah, you know, but if anything, mm-hmm. if you want to give back to us, people like me and you, mm-hmm. you want to give back to us, help spread the message. Absolutely. That, that, that's more, that's all we can ask for. Because if you're like annoyed that why isn't this getting more plays? Why isn't it podcast up there next to all these other crap podcasts about, you know, <laughs> Barbie dolls or whatever, you know, then do, do your part at least and try help spread the message. You know, what can my, I only have 10 followers here. It doesn't matter. Do you yeah, yeah, yeah. create the small waves and, 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 and it will happen. Maybe not this podcast, maybe episode 200 will hit. Maybe not this Vakas single now, mm. but uh, in six, seven singles out, I will, you know, create waves or whatever. Yeah. But it's all, you know, we give something, you take it, put it out. Yeah, yeah. And and, and just, just, just to kind of cap things off, you know, when, when you were talking about Aisha uh, and how that kind of blew up and everything, um, mm. again, I think the, the underlying message to that is you're just working the process of making a song. You're just yeah. going through the process of making a song to the best of your ability and then you yeah. put it out and yeah, yeah, exactly. you 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 hope uh well you don't even hope but what may happen is that yeah, it, yeah, it's yeah. heard by the right person at the right time who then passes on yeah. who passes it on you know at what i mean end of the day, man, at the end of the day you can't plan it i think you yeah. just need to have a positive outlook in life and, and creativity and 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 not to be overall selfish me saying that is because the next single we're, we're losing releasing me and Lenia's outlet and it's just called root for you and it's basically because we also seen that people they don't root for each other man. regardless of which industry they're in or common people we need to root more for each other we need to encourage people mm. when they're doing good things or they're trying to be creative instead of putting people down so the song we're doing is uh, has is really beautiful it has like an indian uh, flute nice um, I say Indian flute because it's an Indian guy who played the flute. Why is he saying Indian flute? Why not Pakistani flute? Uh, no, it's uh, it's uh, basically a basuri, which is like the dominant uh, with a piano. Really nice, uh, traditional outland, uh, you know, soulful type nice. sound. And um, the, the song is called Root For You. So basically it's about rooting for people uh, to do be good and do good and wish them well. Uh, regardless because your success doesn't take anything away from me you mm-hmm. know and a lot of people they often think that if i big this guy up i will look belittled mm. you know so life is too short for that just if yeah. you see something good that's like like i told you before we went on that i'm a fan of people so if i mm. see something that's good i just go ah. and people sometimes get like but you're the cast from outlandish why are you bigging me up this much mm. i'm a fan of you not allowed it doesn't matter man it's like if you yeah, do good yeah, yeah. I want to be a fan of you. I want to encourage you. I want to put endorphins mm-hmm. in your brain for you to be better and do good. Because if you mm-hmm. win, I win. You know, so there's your success won't take anything away from mine. 
and it's like a losses in the Quran, you know, when you give for the sake, you know, when you when you give to charity, it doesn't decrease you. You know, it's the same way when you when you give a shout out, that's not decreasing. That's only going to make you, uh, you know, but yeah, um, yeah, exactly. But like you said, not many people have that mindset, but I think yeah. that that is what the world and, and that's the balance that people like yourself and myself have to uh, to have is and, and understand that. Yes. Not everybody's like that, but we still need to. And that's our test. Yeah, exactly, that we exactly. still need to be that that yeah, guy exactly. who does say it. So, yeah, I think, uh, it, it, like I said, it, it's just our test. Um, other people have theirs, but but this is ours. So, um, you know, Alhamdulillah. Well, Gas, bro, thanks so much for your time. Um, honestly, like thanks I said, uh, uh, I've been a massive fan of yours from, you know, day dot. And uh, truly, truly, like a lot of the, 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 the music that you've put out has influenced my life. Um, uh, you know, life is a loom. Life is a loom. For example, just that. You know, you, yeah. I mean, we could talk, talk about. Yeah, we could talk yeah, about that. A, that's a different podcast. You know. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Uh, honestly, uh, <laughs> yeah. like uh, that has given me a good understanding about the world and, and a good understanding about you know trials and tribulations and mm. stuff like that. So you know, just just yeah, just yeah, as yeah, a yeah. as a as a message from from myself, uh, kind of as a. As a young kid, when I was growing up, a bit confused and lost, you know, I really do think that that your music helped me a lot. So, so thank you for that, uh, and uh, I really do appreciate you and appreciate your time. And and uh, you know, you you've made yourself very available to me whenever I've been messaging you. So again, just uh, a big shout out to you for that. And um, likewise. So, in terms of uh, kind of people reaching out to you, how how can people reach out to you? How can people contact you? Um, um, actually, uh, I'm, I'm I'm mainly on Instagram. That's mm-hmm. like my place, um, my second home. Uh, so uh, it's just at uh, Macas Outlandish. Mm-hmm. Uh, very simple. Uh, if you wanna check me out on uh, Facebook, I think it's Macas Outlandish as well. Um, there's an email address if you wanna get in contact with me in regards to work or whatever. Uh, it's the email is there. It's uh, info at macasofficial dot com. Um, what else? I like. Um, I like uh, salty chips. I like uh, chocolate. I like coffee. And yeah, so I mean, yeah, 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 yeah. So just hit me up on Instagram <laughs> if people want to check me out. I have a YouTube channel as well, uh, Lagas. You can check out. Are we going to see any more YouTube vlogs, by the way? Any new yeah, videos? Yeah, I mean, the thing is, the thing is, I'm also very focused on uh, the outlandish stuff. So it's mm-hmm. like back and forth with that. So we have an. Uh, you you can check out Outlandish TV, which is uh, our YouTube channel, mm-hmm. and and uh, a lot of vlogs from our travels, like studio sessions, is on there. Yeah, I'm a mixed. I'm a bit mixed because I'm so much on Instagram, so make content for Instagram mm-hmm. and then put it on YouTube. But it's not like YouTube format. So uh, if you really want to see what I'm about, it's more you know IG. on Instagram. Yeah, IG. Come to IG. Nice. All right, cool. Well, I'm going to I'm going to leave um, the details below in the description. So for everybody listening, make sure that you uh, go ahead and follow Wakas and uh, uh, and follow me and subscribe uh, as well um, for more podcasts. Um, yes. And uh, all your music is available on Spotify, YouTube, Apple Podcasts. So it's also Napster. I didn't, didn't know Napster was back. Napster, Southern, MySpace, YourSpace, WeSpace, <laughs> the Kebab Shop, uh, you know, everywhere. But okay, cool. I'm gonna I'm gonna link all of that below, inshallah. Yeah, so yeah, for, yeah. for anybody listening, uh, make sure you do check it out, inshallah. But uh, once again, Wakas, thanks so much for your time, bro. I really really appreciate it. I uh, wish you all the best. Uh, and, 
uh, prayers to, to you, your family, and, and to everyone's family, Likewise, obviously, during uh, this, uh, this this coronavirus lockdown. Um, but yeah, man, stay safe and stay healthy, inshallah, and I uh, hope to hear more stuff from you. Inshallah. Thanks. Take care, bro. Peace. Peace.